Welcome to Magic Time Post Game Edition. I'm Scott Squires with my songster partner, Dave. T- what are you singing there, Dave? <laughs> Little in view by the hip, Scott. Nice, yes. nice. So we are taking care of the post game podcast. It is March 11th. <laughs> Another home win for the Moncton Magic. They take their record at home to 16 and 2, 23 and 11 overall, leading the NBLC. And uh, tonight it was a 115-110 victory over a pesky Island Storm squad, Dave. Uh, for you, keys to Moncton finally getting the lead and then coming out on top in overtime, I might add. As it has been for these last few games, they get down 15, they get down 17, they get down 27, they get down 28. And then somebody finds their shot. And... In, in the last game against Island, it was a myriad of guys that got their shots going late, along with Corey Allman and some others. In St. John, it was Marcus Lewis carrying the squad, Kaliste, uh, Freddie McSwain Jr., Denzel Taylor. And tonight, it was, again, it was Gentry Thomas in the third quarter. And we talked about it at the halftime. I said there was the, the, the backcourt was 6 for 25 from the field for the first half. That was Marcus, including Marcus Lewis, including Corey Allman, including Kaliste, including Gentry, including all those guys. And then in the second half, so many of those guys caught fire that Gentry, after such a good third quarter, couldn't find his way back in in the fourth. And I talked to the coaching staff after the game, and they were kind of pained. They wanted to get Gentry some minutes. He's been playing so well these last couple games. His, his, uh, his confidence is back at a peak. They wanted him to get back in, that, but... When Kaliste and, and Corey playing the way they were in that fourth quarter as a tandem, they just couldn't get him back in. They couldn't disrupt that rhythm. Now, anybody listening to this podcast may be thinking, hey, you're talking about Gentry Thomas, you're talking about Jason Kaliste, you're talking about Corey Allman, you're talking about a lot of guards, <laughs> but you haven't mentioned Trey Kell. We haven't. Uh, Trey Kell went down with an apparent left leg injury. Uh, I don't know if you were able to get any kind of update on it afterwards, but he left the game. Uh, probably about midway-ish in that first quarter, did not return. What's the latest? Uh, I talked to Johnny Gonzalez. I talked to the coaching staff. They feel that it is minor. There's a good chance he'll even play tomorrow night. So it's not a serious thing. So as a Magic fan, you wipe your brow, you go, phew. Um, So he may not play tomorrow, but there's a good chance he'll be in there. He's a young guy. They figure he'll bounce back. It was just, it it sounded to me like he almost took a, a knee and it was a bruise, and it was sti- and it stiffened up real fast on him, and they couldn't get it loose. That seemed to be what it sounded like. So uh, hopefully he's able to get that loose overnight tonight, and he's able to get back in the lineup tomorrow. And not that you want to play without a Trey Kell and to take nothing away from the Island Storm because they proved to be a tough opponent, but late in the season, down the stretch, you don't want to take any chances. Uh, Moncton's clinched a playoff spot, so they know they're going to be in the playoffs. You want to make sure that you protect your assets when you can. So again, we'll hopefully we'll see Trey Kell tomorrow night versus the Sudbury Five. This Island Storm team, a couple of weeks ago, taking the Moncton Magic right down to the wire, losing by a point at the buzzer tonight. Same thing. And, and for the better part of this game, they led. And not only did they lead, they had a double-digit lead for a good portion of this game and uh, same as we saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, some of the usual suspects were leading the way again for the Island Storm Day. Yeah, Guillaume Bukar has been a machine. Tyree White's been a machine. Uh, Alex, uh, uh, um, K- 
Campbell. Campbell, thank you for my, my, my little uh, senior moment there. But Alex Campbell's been tremendous, and he was good again tonight. Malik Story just started raining shots in all over the place in that third quarter and, and kind of was one of those guys that kind of disappeared during that run a little bit, got away from him a little bit. And, of course, um, the Carter brothers were, uh, were tremendous tonight too. And, and yeah, they, they do not have the look of a team that is dead last in this league. Uh, with a you know clinging to very slim playoff hopes tonight after that loss, I think they really need to win. They really need to get at least seven or eight of these last ten that they're they're playing, and they they didn't get it done tonight. And my goodness, how frustrating for the Island Storm! 0 15 now on the road, but the last two games at the Avenue Center back in February 24th and tonight, my gosh, a shot away from yeah. a road victory again. Moral victories, I'm sure at this point, not helping too much. Yeah. But my goodness. I don't think 0-15 is really indicative uh, of how this team has played, especially away from home. Really not lately. I mean, they've, they've been a, a supremely tough opponent these last uh, eight, nine games and not looking like a team that's 8-23, and certainly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a team down the stretch, especially uh, out west that, that runs into this Island Store team. They're going to steal a game or two here late against a much a team with a much better record that's going to sort of move that playoff positioning around a little bit. We talked in the broadcast tonight with Sudbury coming in tomorrow night. Sudbury could finish fifth in that division to miss the playoffs. They could finish first. Um, it's not realistic, really, because, you know, St. John's has all their games left at home, and they're probably going to take care of most of that business because it's so tough to win on the rock. But, I mean, mathematically, all those spots are in play, and it's really tough to, to, to divide up that middle part of that, that Western Conference as well. This Moncton Magic team, we're seeing it time and again where they kind of dig a hole for themselves. And again, not to take anything away from their opponents, but they do. They, they kind of get themselves in a hole, but they find a way to dig out, climb out, crawl out, whatever the case may be. Uh, we know the story of that huge comeback uh, last week down the road in St. John versus the Riptide at Harbor Station. But again tonight, you know, calling the game in the back of my mind, I had every reason to think that this Island Storm team was going to take a win tonight on the Avenir Center floor and hand Moncton only their third loss at home this season. But, hashtag find a way, Moncton did. And maybe just a couple of words, you referenced it a few minutes ago, but the effort that Gentry Thomas made coming out in that third quarter, knowing, as I'm sure they were told at the half, that Trey Kell ain't coming back tonight. So, you know, guys like Corey, guys like Jason Caliste, and Gentry Thomas, you got to step up, you got to play some big minutes. And I thought he was really good and kind of took things over for about a six- or seven-minute stretch in that third quarter. What he's done a good job lately of, he's still committing too many turnovers. Let's let's get to the bad part first. He's still committing too many turnovers. He had four turnovers tonight in his 17 minutes. That's too many from your point guard. It's, it's just too many. But <laughs> what he's done a really good job of these last few games, which he wasn't doing for a long stretch there, shake it off, do something positive the next possession. So really, the four turnovers he had, I would say, were probably his only four negative possessions, negative plays of that of that of his 17 minutes tonight. In his other 16 points, four rebounds, two assists, um, and a couple of and you know perfect from the line, seven to 12 from the field. I mean, that's good. That's a good line. You're going to take uh, 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 turnovers to an extent if he's going to give you 
so much else positive. And he's done a really good job of, he turned the ball over in that fourth quarter down there in St. John too. I think four times just in the fourth quarter. But he made so many positive plays to counteract that, that you're going to take that run. And he was terrific in that third quarter. And the Moncton Magic, of course, uh, the best three-point shooting team in the league. Their guy, Corey Almond, didn't really have it going for much of the night tonight. But the other three-point marksman on this team, Jason Caliste, when they needed it most, he got it going. How big was Jason's stretch of three-point shots for this team tonight? Well, at one point tonight, I looked at you and I said, everybody that's not wearing number two for the Magic is 0 for 14 for three-point land. And Jason was four of six. And then what was great about Corey, too, in that playing off of Jason, when really if, if, his, if his minutes had continued sort of trending in that negative direction, you would have seen G come back. But what Corey did, which was so great, was recognized his shot wasn't going in, took on that playmaking role and got Jason his shots. But what Jason also did, he made him. When he, when he got him, he made him. And he made him with, he didn't just make wide open ones. He made him, you referenced it a couple times, he, was, he made him with a hand on his face. And then at the other end of the floor, he was Jason defensively. And I talked a little bit too on the broadcast about how Tyree White is so tough. One of the toughest guys in the league. I don't know, I don't think you can name five tougher guys in this league than Tyree White. But if you're going to match up a guy toughness-wise on him from the Magic, you want Jason Cleese in that street fight, and he got a couple of really key hustle plays uh, that Tyree White was going after in spades there towards the end of the game. A couple of defensive rebounds, took a couple, took a charge right on the numbers uh, from Tyree White. So Cleese uh, was that's three straight games for him where he's been one of the best Magic players on the floor. And Corey Allman, the veteran that he is, his game from an offensive shooting standpoint wasn't cooking. As you said, he started being a facilitator, but then. There was a point where he stepped inside and hit like a a short-range jumper. And I said on the broadcast, you know, could this take the lid off the basket for Corey? And then, all of a sudden, he banged in a couple. And then it was kind of off to the races for Moncton after that. He he gets that look. He's that guy that he needs one to go in. And, and And the coaches referenced after the game, they got a little upset with him because he passed up a couple. And it wasn't that they weren't good shots they were shots Corey should take and he didn't take them and then when that one went in and you referenced it it was kind of a fade away he, he gets that shot when to get Corey off you kind of get him two things get him to the line have him see if you go in that didn't really work tonight he was five or six from the line in the first half didn't really get him going what did get him going was the other thing that he likes to do gets if, he, if he's not doing that standstill three wide open get him moving left because when he goes left a lot of right-hand shooters, they love going left because it's just something about that way that when you pick up that ball and it gets into your shooting pocket, there's something about the feeling of that that's really comfortable. And Corey's one of those guys. And when he got that shot going in left, you saw it. The very next time he got the, the, his hands on the ball, he put the ball 10, 10, 12 dribbles. He just needed a spot, and he finally got rid of – he finally shedded Alex Campbell, and he made that one, and he knew it was going in. As soon as he went up, I said, that's ah, going in. And, and then that the next one, he sh- again – Five six dribbles, shut it out. Campbell again knocked in another three, and you just you just knew it was going to be a Corey fourth. And thanks to Corey for introducing his latest move when he gets in a groove and, and hits a couple of shots, the little <laughs> shimmy shake, which has your, allowed me to your favorite call now. Yeah, come out with the shimmy shimmy cocoa pop when Corey hits one when he pops one in. But how about, we've talked? You know, Gentry had his moments. Jason Caliste had his spurt. Corey got the hot streak, but Billy White. Pretty much consistent all night long. Was the player of the game. What did you like most about what Billy did tonight? 
he stayed aggressive, and, and, and he had some of those Billy moments where he got frustrated and allowed it to kind of affect his game a little bit, but then he refocused, and he stayed aggressive, and he stayed, um, stayed with it, and he really was that consistent guy that was the one consistent guy scoring the ball throughout the night, and uh, he was just kind of steady Eddie tonight, and that's not been his calling card in every game of, of late. He's had some kind of spurts and stretches where he's where he's had some tough outings, and, and St. John was one, and that's why he didn't play into that fourth quarter down there. But I mean, he was he was the one guy that was really good in all four quarters tonight. And this Moncton Magic team now again inching a little bit closer to the next list on their uh, bucket list, if you will, which is clinching first overall in the National Basketball League of Canada, getting home court throughout the playoffs. And we said coming into tonight they had seven games left. If they went four and three, it didn't matter what anybody else did. They were going to clinch first overall. Well, now they need to go three and three down the stretch. Uh, But a a game tornado against an opponent they haven't seen a whole lot of, the Sudbury Five, uh, the leading scorer in the league on that team. Uh, What do you look for from Sudbury tomorrow night? Well, yeah, you look at the Sudbury. You look at the Sudbury by the numbers. They score the second most points in the league. They give up the most points in the league. They allow guys to shoot a high percentage from both the three-point line, the two-point line, um, but they shoot the ball really, really, really well to Sudbury. And they've got an MVP candidate in uh, in Braylon Rayson, who's been shooting the heck out of the ball since he stepped onto the floor for this team. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be a handful, as is, you know, Jalen Bland. If he's if he's uh, healthy, he's been kind of in out of the lineup. But, yeah, they got some guys that can uh, that can really score the ball, and, and they've got now in town uh, Maurice Jones Sr., who's bounced around the league a little bit this year. But he's a really nice fit in Sudbury with that team. And he's been really good against the Moncton Magic. Really He's good. played them regardless of the uniform that he's wearing. Yep. Just to pop back tonight, another player that we really should mention, uh, he had his mom. First time tonight ever seeing him play live in Moncton. But Denzel Taylor, his mom, uh, Paulette, and his aunt Pauline, uh, P-squared, they were in attendance tonight. But uh, another Denzel-like performance. Yeah, Denzel was... (laughs) I said it on the broadcast. When Denzel played... This is when the Magic are at their best. When Denzel is... He finally looks completely healthy. He finally looks completely confident. He's not just um, he's not just a guy that, that you throw out there for 15 minutes and let him pound guys and, and change the game defensively. He's become, in these last five, six games, a guy that you want to play heavy, heavy minutes that's going to that's gonna be that defensive stopper. He took a couple charges tonight, lots of deflections, uh, bang down low. With uh, with Carter down there uh, all night long, that that baby big baby down there took the brunt of those those shots to the chest and really didn't let him get comfortable down low. Uh, even when he did finish, it was through lots of contact from Denzel. We we thought he traveled a couple times in those finishes. Denzel was bothering him so much, but um, but the 14 rebounds, uh, 11 points. He was almost perfect from the field on the line. He made his one free throw. Uh, lot, lots of activity on the glass. That's the Denzel that we're going to need in the playoffs, and it looks like he's rounded into that form. Well, and, and to your point about him being 100% healthy, listen, Terrell Carter the second, or TC as, the, as his teammates call him, he is a big, big man. He's strong, he's solid, he's thick, and he plays a physical game. 
and he was banging with Denzel tonight, but Denzel did not give an inch. And that, for my money, showed me that Denzel really is back to yeah. 100% and being Denzel. But how big is it for a guy? Because, listen, Denzel was giving away a little bit of height, but certainly <laughs> giving away some weight. But how big is it for him to do that? And what does that say to his teammates when they see Denzel down there getting banged around but hanging in? Yeah, well, the thing is, though, Denzel's always played bigger than his size. He's He's got old man strength and a young man's body he's the, the guy the guys will tell you he's super strong he doesn't look like he's that thick but that chest is that he's kind of chiseled as denzel he's got that and he's not going to back down and he knows but he also knows how to play that he also knows when to when to when to bounce off the guy when to absorb the contact and try to take the charge you know how to move his body and shuffle and 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 make things. Di- he just knows positions. He's just he's a he's kind of a savant defensively. He really is. He's always been he's been the the best defensive player on pretty much every team he's been on, and, and he's getting rounded back into that form for the Magic, and that's saying a lot uh, with the defensive presences that that the Magic have on this on this team. So what you're saying is instead of the Minister of Defense, perhaps I should call him the Defensive Rain Man. Defensive Rain Man. Okay, okay, <laughs> I like it. He's a savant now. That brings us to, though, you know, hashtag find a way for Moncton to, to get a win. Uh, cardiac kids, whatever you want to call them. But there's two schools of thought. One is that it's a little worrisome that Moncton digs these holes for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, they find a way out. But if they do that in the playoffs, can they? Mm-hmm. But the flip side of it is where they've had this happen a couple of times and they have found a way and dug themselves out. That may actually help them if they get into that situation in the playoffs where they can say to themselves, hey, we've been here before, we can do it. What side of the fence do you fall on? Is it more problematic or worrisome? Or are you like, well, if they can experience it now, it's going to help them in the playoffs? I don't think it's worrisome at all because this is a this is kind of a not a representative sample of, of, their, uh, of their year. This has just been kind of a... Uh, a recent kind of development. This is this is a, a three-game sample. If they shake this off and straighten things out and feel better about themselves, three, four, five games from now, and it's the first round of the playoffs, and they haven't had this lapse, we're going to forget this conversation ever happened. Really, so it's about what they do about it. If 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 this is another run, three, four, if three, four, five times this happens in their last uh, six games, then yeah, they're going to the playoffs with this with this feeling about themselves. Then yeah, we should start to worry, but. It's a veteran team. They're going to get uh, they're going to get healthy again, um, and they're going to be at full strength. And I think they're going to be able to shake this off. And through all of it, if you are the Moncton Magic, and you know the personnel changes that you've had to go through, you know uh, we know the story about Jahi Carson and Doug Herring taking advantage of of opportunities and why not. You can't fault them. But the Moncton Magic, probably more than any team, have had to deal with losing some key components. They've had to deal with injuries to key players for long stretches. But you look at the record, 23-11. and 11. I think even if they had had the squad that they thought they were going to have all year, if you had said to them at the beginning of the year, hey, in the middle of March, you're going to be 23-11, and 11, I'm pretty sure they would have been okay with that. They would have taken it. I'm sure you, I'm sure you yeah. And there's no doubt about it. And there's lots of... Um, positives that have come out of that if, if, if we hadn't if the team hadn't had this turnover there wouldn't be a Freddie McSwain in the lineup there wouldn't be a Trey Kell in the lineup there wouldn't be the one guy we haven't talked about tonight that we have to hit on before we go to give him some props there wouldn't be a Marcus Lewis in the lineup 
and Marcus we didn't talk about at all yet. And right alongside with G in that third quarter, his slashing, he was he was scoreless in the first half as well, Marcus Lewis. I think maybe maybe one hoop, but in that third quarter, his slashing of the hoop was so key to getting out on the break and finishing that really turned the tide kind of on the island. They were the ones that were the aggressors in the open court and really turning defense into offense. And Marcus was the guy that really flipped the switch on that and really became the aggressor. That's a guy we wouldn't have in uniform if these turnovers this turnover hadn't happened. And in fairness to Marcus Lewis, you know, Freddie McSwain Jr. is a very exceptional athlete and I've kind of dubbed him high flying Freddie and he's had some very exciting high flying plays. But man, oh man, Marcus Lewis, I think, could go with Freddie McSwain step for step you, and hop for hop and jump for jump. He can get up there. You ask the you ask the coaches, you ask the guys, it is a dead heat between who's more athletic, Freddie McSwain and Marcus Lewis, Freddie's just had to happen to have those uh, bigger plays of late. But Marcus ended that last, the previous home game, with that windmill between the legs dunk that didn't count, but that brought the crowd to his feet to end the game. Yeah, he's capable of. He's going to have one here in the, la- the whether it's these last couple home games or in the playoffs. He's going to have a moment like Freddie's had those those alley oop dunks. Those he's going to have one where uh, the crowd goes and he'll be able to show it off. Before we wrap up here, Dave, uh, kind of something I've asked you all season long, but there's been so many moving parts, different players in and out of the lineup, but as we know, the team that Moncton has now is the team that they're going to ride. Nick Evans will be back soon, but if no one had ever seen the Moncton Magic before and you were talking to them about this team and about their identity, how would you sum them up? Can we, can we, the multiple personality disorder? Can we sum that up with these? I mean, and that's not a, uh, and that can be a problem at times, if we, as we've seen with these different lineups, trying to find the five that's going to work on a given night. But also, you've got so many different, especially when Nick gets back. I mean, think of, like, well, who's going to, is Denzel going to go to the bench? I guess Denzel's going to go to the bench, or is Nick going to start coming off the bench? Either way, you're going to have a borderline all star coming off the bench for these guys but you can mix and match you can go big you can go gigantic if you want and play Billy at the three with Nick and Denzel up front you can go super small and athletic with that that killer run and gun lineup of like Kalist at the one and and uh, Freddie McSwain playing the five with guys like Lewis and and Gentry and Kel and whoever the heck else you want in between them like they can play Different styles. Different. The thing is, what they haven't done lately, what's got them into the, into 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 trouble, is they haven't made shots consistently, and they've not been themselves defensively consistently within those different groups. If those different groups, even if they're not playing supremely well, if they can make some shots and if they can maintain their identity defensively, then you can go big, you can go small, and you can play any way you want. And you see how. The Magic are not at the top end of the league as far as points per game scoring. Defensively, they still are. But as you've seen these last few fourth quarters, how explosive they can be offensively if they're clicking. And they've got lots of different lineups that they can throw out there to get clicking. Well, it was funny. uh, You made a comment uh, at the conclusion of tonight's game. I I can't remember who it was you said, but it was something along the lines of, hey, can we just start the games with the Magic down 15? (laughs) Exactly. And uh, I didn't get any sellers on that. I said, we can start the game. No, all the coaches said no, no. All the, the, 
the, uh, the, the official scoring team up front said, no, we don't want to see that. So I was voted down, Scott. I was voted down. Well, the Moncton Magic, uh, they keep it exciting, and they keep finding a way to pull out wins, especially on home court. 23-11 and 11 on the season, 16-2 and two at home. As tonight, they get the 115-110 victory over the Island Storm. Can I give you your segue into your closing match, which I know what it's going to be about? Yes, please. Um, these wings look awesome. They do look awesome. Um, and so, my understanding is St. Louis Bar and Grill, Moncton and Dieppe locations have the finest wings around town, boneless and regular. Now, I'm trying one live here on the air. I haven't tried this one before. This is the yeah, Mississippi... Boneless, though? Yeah, this is boneless. boneless. Okay. This is the Mississippi Sweet one. Never tried it before. It smells good. Uh-huh. Oh. Holy smokes, man. Yes. I could tell by the way your eyes went wide that it must you be can, good. You can try to come... And catch me, people, and have one of these, but I'll probably be done by the time you get yeah, here. Yeah, start the countdown now. T-minus yep. two minutes till these wings are gone. Vacuumed. Well, this has been Magic Time post-game edition for March 11, 2019. The Moncton Magic defeating the Island Storm, 115-110. We will be back here tomorrow night at St. Louis Bar and Grill, Moncton and the up locations for our post-game after... The game versus the Sudbury Five. On behalf of my broadcast partner on NBLC Live, Dave Tingley, I'm Scott Squires. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you can visit St. Louis Bar and Grill, Moncton and Dieppe on Facebook. Until tomorrow night, Scott Squires saying so long. And remember, if you can't take part in sports, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.